Okay, I'm sorry. There was supposed to be a little video there. Is that video up there, Isaac? Okay. No bueno? Okay. That's all right. No good. I had this awesome video. I have to tell you about it. It's exciting. Basically, there's this family that's probably like your family. I don't know if your family is perfect like mine. And Kim is laughing out loud. And, um, but you know, when we go to church, a lot of times we have, um, we have our church face. Have you ever had a church face? You come out of the car when you get here and you would think that everything in your life, when you get met or greeted in the parking lot, that your life is perfect. It is just, your family has got it all together. Anybody have a church face? Anybody wearing it today? Man, you know, when you get to church, sometimes you forget that you got up this morning and, and we all kind of just heard that alarm clock go off and we think, man, is it, what day is it? I can't even remember. And it's like, oh, this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, you know? Man, that's how it is. And I tell you, when we get to church, it's like we forget that our kids gave us a hard time. It's like, get out of bed. I had somebody come this morning in our worship team and, and they were saying, we were asking about, they have a teenager and um, they were talking about that teenager and said, um, well, you know, what, what's going on? And they go, well, um, they struggle with, un, in, what is it called? Insom, insomnia, insomnia, insomnia. How many of you think all teenagers suffer from insomnia? <laughs> okay. All right. Before you get critical of teenagers, how many of you feel like every adult suffers with it too? The only difference between us and teenagers is our age, right? Our families are messed up. And, uh, you know, I want to talk to you today just a little bit. And I, I appreciate Pastor Micaiah giving me a chance to, uh, to share some thoughts with you. And the truth is, is I don't really want to preach to you today as much as I want to give, get some counsel from you. Can you, can you guys be my psychiatrist for a little bit? And he's, what's that? All right, that's great. But just so you know, I don't pay, you don't, you can't charge me by the hour, okay? But although that might be a good idea, you might get out earlier if you do, but. So, so I just want to share a little bit with you this morning. You know, homes today, at best, even, even churches that are, uh, families that are in church, they're dysfunctional. And there, there's trouble in every home. And it's so funny when we look at, look at families and, and things that we go on. I was trying to talking about how, how we have our church face when we get here. And we come in and say, hey, pastor, how's it going? God is good. And your wife was like, who is this guy? I don't even know who this is. <laughs> and you know, Kim catches me all the time and, and she'll say things that makes me feel so bad. We're going through this. Uh, we have a marriage class that we go to on Tuesday nights and, um, by, uh, and it's a video series by Francis Chan. And one of the things she missed once one uh, of our class uh, nights cause she was helping out in the nursery. And that, that, that night we had to give all the, we had to give a list of priorities and the priorities was basically how do you think your priorities in your life should be, right? So you got, always, you got God first, you got family, you got all these different things and you put it, and you, oh, I made this really beautiful. 
beautiful organization of how, how this life should post to be. And then we go around and then we say, but, but now we have to share how is it really? How is our life really? And I just decided that I was just going to plead the fifth. You know, I just didn't really want to. You know why? We struggle because when we go around the room, we find out that our lives are not always in the priority and in the way and our families the way that we want them to be. Isn't that that correct? We struggle. How many of you struggle? Can you be honest with me this morning? Good, because it really helps. And the truth is, is I know you are because I do. And 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 it doesn't mean that any one of us are better than each other because we're all sinners. And we've all got problems and we struggle. And I don't understand why, why it is that we struggle so much until we actually find out and do a little research in God's word. And you might say that I'm, I'm part of a dysfunctional family. I have some struggles. And the reason why I know this is because we can look back and, and in our text today, I want to take you to Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Very familiar passage. And in Genesis 3, 1 through 8, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And then this is, listen to this. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. That's just funny in and of itself, okay? The first outfits were leaves. And he heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, here we know it's the fall of man. God put Adam and Eve, by the way, a functional family, a family that had no problems. He basically gave them the full uh, force of his love and his ability. They were in paradise. I mean, it was like living the dream. It was like the lottery winners without the lottery. They just got it. God gave it to them. And the moment that they disobeyed God, then all of a sudden, the whole life, their whole family, their whole, the whole human race is now messed up. And what was a perfect functional family just became dysfunctional because sin creeped in. And the Bible says that sin, when it is finished, what does it do? It bringeth forth death. And all of our problems today that we have in our homes, whatever it is, it can all be traced back to that very one thing, that one thing, that sin. 
And the truth is, is that we all suffer from that and we're all dysfunctional. When you think about dysfunction and the first thing that we wanna do is we wanna hide. We wanna hide that. You know, we have our church face, we come to church, we got everything on and we got it together. When we go to Facebook, it looks like our lives are all in order because, I mean, this is what, man, I wish everybody had a life like, oh, I wanna be like that person. They have a perfect life. And we find out that they're dysfunctional. We're a mess. And our natural tendency is to not let anybody else creep into our world because we're afraid if they do, then we're gonna lose our influence. You know, one of the, the things is, you know what, when we, when we struggle, people come to you and they say, well, well, you're a pastor, you're supposed to be perfect. You're, everything in your life is, is, is just hunky-dory and full of glory, right? No. I'm here to do some counseling with you this morning. You know what? But you know, the truth is in every dysfunctional family, there are, there are several characteristics that we all have. And one of the first things I want to point out to you is that we all want to hide it. Just like Adam and Eve, they realize that they sin, they realize that they're not perfect, and we all tried to hide behind this facade that nothing's going on and everything's fine. And the only thing that can kind of get us back to having function or fun within the family, and the title of the message is, is how to get the fun back in your dysfunctional family. Put some fun in it. The first thing that you can do is you have to realize is that you have an issue. We all do. We try to cover our weaknesses. I want to point out a few characteristics today that I believe every family has in its dysfunctionality. Number one, I believe that every family has love. Every family has love. You wouldn't be together if there wasn't love. I remember the first time that I saw Kim. She walked by, didn't bother me at all. I just kept on walking. I'm just kidding. It didn't really happen that way. She saw me and she fed head over heels. <laughs> she wouldn't, she'd follow me around. She wouldn't leave me alone. To finally, I just had to recognize her and tell her that, okay, I'll settle. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not true. That's not true. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She loves me in spite of who I am. But I love, I love her. And I would do anything in the world for her. I love her. So it makes our family special. It's loving one another. I love Wesley. I love Jared. I love Brent. We also have the privilege of having my sister-in-law and nephew live with us, and I love them. We also have a mother-in-law. We also have a mother-in-law. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I need some counseling this morning. Can you be my counselor? But we share... We share love one another. And I do love my mother-in-law. We share laughs. We cry together. We support one another. But even though there's love in the home, there's also some things that we, that make us a little dysfunctional at times too. 
You, you know what one of those things is? Conflict. Conflict. How many of you ever have conflict in your home? Can you look at the person side and say, it's your fault? Just kidding. I'm just, I'm kidding. <laughs> we have conflict. We have different taste. We have different ideas. We don't always think the same way. We wake up, somebody's in a good mood, somebody's in a bad mood, and that affects the whole mood. And you, you know what? Some things that cause conflict, look, can I, let me just share a few things. And Kim can vouch for this. I, I'm just going to be a little honest because I'm not perfect and I want everybody to know how unperfect I am because I'm dysfunctional at times. We had, uh, I don't know about you, but when I, I like to, we like to go out to eat once in a while. And, you know, I like to go out to eat a lot, to be honest with you. I like to just eat. I could eat anything, man. It's good. But Kim, you know, I, I'd like, I like to do things special. And, you know, the, one of the things that causes conflict for me is I say, where would you like to go? Where would you like to go eat? Oh, come on now. Yeah, man. Yeah, conflict's about to happen. Where would you like to go? Well, I'll tell you where I'd like to go. I, what, what, what does she say? She says it like this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I heard a comedian say one time that, that somebody needs to open up a restaurant and call it, it doesn't matter, just so every husband in the world will know exactly where they need to take their wife to eat when they say it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, man. I'm just saying, oh, yes, it does matter. Tell me right now. I'm driving around Morgan Hill. I'm going to make 15 laps around it until you tell me where it doesn't matter is. Did that really happen? <laughs> yes, it did happen. All in love, though. It was all in love. But we ended up finding this new restaurant. It was really good. And, and once again, um, it didn't matter. We have, we have conflict. We have different tastes. I can go, if it's, if it's a, a special night, Friday night or whatever, and we can say, what would you like to watch? Or maybe it's Monday night and, and, and all God's men want to watch on Monday night. What do we want to watch? Football. Exactly right. And, and so if you have a lady in the house, they might want to say, well, um, you know what I heard? There, there was a, they were having a rerun of while you were sleeping. And we could, we could watch that. And I was like, no, no, you watch that while I am sleeping. But right now it's football. You know. Conflict. I'll keep moving on. But in the, in the home, there's confusion. There's confusion. Confusion is another characteristic. <laughs> when I think of confusion, I can't think. My, my, I think of my southern family. My, my family's messed up. I mean, they really are. I remember... The first time Kim came to North Carolina and I was going to introduce her to my family, I mean, we had been working. I was trying to impress her and I'm a country bumpkin, man. I'm telling you, my dog had so many ticks the week that she was coming. 
I didn't even notice ticks on dogs before. But I mean, I wanted to make sure everything, I was like, I can't let her know that my dog lives out by the barn. So I'm out there with a comb and I'm just, I'm raking ticks off that dog. That dog was like, eh. Country people, man, I'm telling you, I didn't think about that. But, but I, think I, I think I got Rocky Mountain spotty fever while I was getting the ticks off. I got so sick. I mean, dog sick. And she, she came to town and then here I am trying to impress her and I got so sick, I mean, deathly sick. I couldn't even get out of the bed, I was so sick. And, and she had to just go hang out with my family. And it was like... Oh Lord, she's never going to love me ever, ever. I put her in my family room with my family. And I would just sit sicker thinking about it. No, I'm just kidding. My family is really sweet, but coming from California and coming from a house with what I thought had no confusion and no conflict, boy, was I wrong. Anyway, um, the, th- the family dinner, you know, She's used to going to the dinner where everybody does things. Could you please pass the potatoes? Thank you. Turn it clockwise. And, you know, man, I was like, what in the world is that? I'm going to starve to death by the time they get everything around. Man, my family, man, when are you going to sit at the table? It's a mess. It's confusion. It's like, uh, God is great. God is good. Bless the food. Here we go. And we're off to the races, man. People's leaning over, clang, clang. You know, let me have some of those biscuits over there. They don't ask for it. They just reach over and get it. And then you don't leave stuff on your plate. That's what biscuits are for. You sop it up and then you shove it in your face and you, and you make, you don't waste anything, man. If you don't like it, you give it to the dog under the table. You just do, don't do that. There's confusion in my house. Another thing that there is, is frustration. Oh my goodness, frustration. Does anybody in your family have that person in your family that's always late? You know that person. <laughs> you know that person and it's already irritating you. You're ready for the invitation. It's like, Wes, give the invitation. I'm upset. I need to give it to God right now. There's the person. It's like, used to be me. Used to be me. I was late late for everything. Guess what? I'm, I'm from the South. We do everything about 20 years behind everybody else. And for me to even be in the same time zone, that's just a blessing in and of itself. But, but to be honest with you, Brent was born. And when Brent was born, I was off the hook, man. It's great. I'm, she loves me again. I don't, I'm late. If I'm late, it didn't feel late because Brent's always five minutes behind me. And it's great. I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's frustrating though. I mean, you can wait on him every morning. He'll go out and he's like, where's your shoes? Upstairs. Why are you upstairs? I don't know. <laughs> Did you comb your hair? No. Shouldn't you comb your hair? Maybe. I don't know. It's just that way. Man, I tell you, I want to vent just a little bit. Two weeks ago, I was so frustrated. <gasps> I was frustrated. You say, why are you telling me all this? Because I'm a dis- I come from a dysfunctional family. You know why? Because Adam and Eve sinned. And my life's messed up and I have to work on it every day. But man, last week, we, I, I was out uh, on a Saturday morning, got up, went, came and made some visits, dropped pies off to people and saying, thank you for coming to be our guest. It was wonderful. Everybody at home is supposed to be doing their stuff. 
so we could be ready to go to Fresno to go see a family that we love who has a son who's playing sports for Fresno Christian School, Christian School. And so I'm in the spirit and I come back home and nobody has their stuff done. And guess what? The devil got inside. It was happening. And I said, guess what? The game starts at two. We're not going anywhere until everything is done. It's not going to happen. And I was being a bully. But I was lovingly being a bully. <laughs> and we didn't. And you know what? I, I got upset. And I get frustrated. Because I'm part of a family. And in every family there's love. In every family there's conflict. In every family there's confusion, frustration. But listen, there's, with every family there's a connection though. There's a connection. And you see that in, within each family... The thing that makes it really neat is that we, she can get mad at me and I'm okay with it. My kids can get mad at me and, and I'm okay with it. Why? Because I, there's a connection. There's a bloodline. There is something that connects us together. They're part, we're a part of each other and it's special. And we can live together in harmony even with all this conflict, con, con, confusion and frustration because of the love and the connection that we have for one another. That's what makes our dysfunctional family fun. And it can be frustrating at times, but you know what? If you just realize that God created you in his likeness and God has made a way so that when the first family fell, he made a way by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us and to give us hope everlasting. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, no matter what your family is, no matter how dysfunctional it is, no matter how, how you feel like it's out of control, listen, God can pick up the pieces and he can bring it back together because the true connection that binds us all is a bloodline that we have. Now, I love watching sports, but if my kids are playing a sport, I go watch them. And the sport really isn't the most exciting thing. But when they're playing, it means more to me because I'm invested in them. Or if they have a Christmas play or every year Kim has a, she's a teacher at Legacy and every year she has a, a, a Christmas play that she does. And, and you know what? I just not, I just, I don't just say, oh boy, there's a kindergarten Christmas play. I want to go see it. It's like somebody's so excited. Oh, why and oh my, it's going to be great. <laughs> why do I go to that? Because I have a connection. The teacher is my wife and I love her, therefore I'll go. And you know what? I go, usually I'm just like, oh, I have to go into this thing. Oh, hello, brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's great. Everything's good. God is good. I love my wife. I love kindergartners. Not. Yes, I do. <laughs> but I go because of her. And most of the time I end up crying. I'm back here in the back going, <laughs> That was so sweet. I can't believe they sang that about Jesus. Jesus. I mean, I, I do. I cry. I had the ugly cry last year. It was like, it's like nobody should be watching. I mean, this is a kindergarten play. I'm an adult for crying out loud. The term dis dysfunctional can be defined this way. Relating badly. Characterized by an inability to function emotionally or in a social unit. We struggle. Not performing 
as expected or failing to perform an unexpected function. Well, you know, we want every, wish every day was, what did you say, rainbows and something? It's just, he, he's so good at these little terms. Like, every day's sweet, I don't know. <laughs> la, 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 it's gonna be great. I wish every day was like that. Rainbows and candy canes. Oh, and lollipops. See? Ugh, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> Every family is dysfunctional. And guess what? I started doing some parallels and I started thinking about it. You know, Jesus Christ died for your family. And he knows that our families are dysfunctional. And he knows that we have troubles. And he knows that we have heartaches. And he knows how to fix them. But you, let me tell you something. In, in every home, there's conflict and all this dysfunction. But let me tell you something. You know what? There's a, there's a great parallel between some of the dysfunctions that we have at home. And then also, we're a family of God. You know, and every church also has some characteristics that makes it dysfunctional. And we struggle in some areas. We're not perfect. We're just sinners saved by grace. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the only thing that makes us great is Jesus. That's it. But in any family, let's turn it back around. Let's go back again. We have these same five qualities right here to celebrate. We have love. We love one another. We pray for each other. When somebody's going through a difficult time, we go to choir practice. One of the things that we do is we, we ask for prayer requests at the beginning. How can we pray for, for some people in your life? When we go to a, uh, our small groups, we ask for prayer and people say, I pray. When we have struggles, we love each other. We pray together. When the church has a need, we have people who step up and they get things done. God has given many people some talents and they rise to the occasion. We have retired people who come out here every week and they work in this yard and they, 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 they do harder work. I feel so guilty sometimes just watching how hard they work. And we have people volunteer to do things that is just unbelievable. Why? Because they love the church. They love the family of God. They love each other. I mean, we have people that just step up. You know what? When, when a teenager says, I, I don't have enough funds to be able to go to, to Hume Lake. And, and we, have, we have people come rise to the occasion and says, I'll be able to support you. I'll help you. I'll invest into your future. We have a missionary that's coming next week. And we're having a, a big missions uh, festival. And we want people to be able to see that the reason why these missionaries are able to succeed is because of people like you who love and people like you who are willing to invest and to give. I want my kids to succeed, so I invest into them. And I want this church to succeed, so we invest into each other. When we pass the offering plate, it's not so that we can try to have a fancy anything. The reason why we do it is because we love each other. and We want to invest in each other because we want to be successful together as a family. When everybody is invested, then we all can experience that love. Bible says where your treasure is there will your heart be also when we need greeters when we need parking lot attendants we need work nursery workers when we need pumpkin pies amen pumpkin pies I can't wait till after the service mm, I love pumpkin pies and you say well you know how does all this stuff get here it gets here because people say I want to help and I love my church I want to greet people but you know what else is in church conflict 
We have different tastes. We have different ideas. I've had people come to me that maybe just left a ministry before and say, I'm looking for a church without conflict. That's why I'm here. And I'm like, what? Let me just tell you something. If you're looking for a church without conflict, you come to the wrong place. You know why? Because we're a dysfunctional family. That's what we are. We have different tastes. We have different mindsets. But you know what? The thing that makes us great is that even in the midst of conflict, we can serve together and we can love one another because we, we have a common, uh, common ground. I've had people, we've had people that's left our church because they say, somebody looked at me the wrong way. Well, what, we actually have people that kind of, in the back, when you come in, we go... No, we don't do that. But you'd think that sometimes that happens when you hear about what people say sometimes. You know what? Hey, God, help us to not be that kind of church. Help us to not to be the church that causes conflict on purpose. We all are going to experience it. We all have dysfunction. But hey, we're not looking for it. The key to overcoming Uh, conflict is learning how to deal with conflict without letting the relationship be destroyed. Hey, listen, if I'm struggling, if Kim and I are just struggling and, and I blow up or she blows up, then I always do the right thing. I ask for forgiveness and get on my knees and say, please don't hit me. And I just do all those things. But all those things are, are important. And you know what? If we all have the same spirit and we say, forgive, please forgive me. You know what the hardest things to say is you were right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Say it with me. You were right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Man, you want to be able to have a church that gets rid of conflict real fast? Start learning to say that. You were right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Harmony is in the house. I feel the love. It's great. There's confusion. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, why don't we have pumpkin lattes? Isn't it, is, why do we, why do we have pumpkins in the yard? I'm confused. <laughs> why do we have hay bales outside? This isn't a farm. There's no cows. In the South, you'd think that there's cows in the church because every, every once in a while you hear people go, mmm. Mmm. That usually means that some, somebody's preaching good when they hear that. It's like, mmm. Mmm. <laughs> we should have some more. If you, if you like good preaching, say, mmm. Can you do it with me? Here we go. Oh, that's good. Some people say amen, but people who are right with God say, mm, that's right. <laughs> we all have different tastes. We have conflict. We have confusion, of course. Why do we have conflict and confusion? Because we're dysfunctional. We're a fallen family. We are sinners. We make mistakes and we're going to have to learn to to get along in spite of our mistakes. I'm not going to do everything right. And you and all guys people knows that and Kim would be happy to tell you that. Amen. She's going, mm, "That's right." 
and there's frustration. Listen, there's frustration. Of course there's frustration. Why is it? Why is it? Because we are doing the work of God. And let me tell you something. If the devil doesn't want you to be a part of doing something great for God, guess what he's going to try to do? He's going to try to get you all messed up. He's going to try to get you to focus on the conflict. He's going to try to get you to focus on the frustration. And the next thing you know is you're going to mess up the opportunity because you don't realize that, listen, there's a greater bind. There's something that binds us together. And I'll tell you about it in just a moment. Wesley used to have growing pains when he was little. I remember him laying in bed and he'd go, he'd just cry. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He goes, my feet hurt. My feet hurt. And his feet were like, you could just hear him grow, he's stretching. And I was like, I mean, he's, he got these, he's, he's growing pains. His knees, like, my knees hurt. He was growing so fast. He was growing faster than his body keep up with and it was hurting. Now let me tell you something. Churches are the same way. Whenever there's, changes and growing and there's there's uh, and you hear when when things start happening and anytime that there's change from growth and and all that you know what happens is people cry out hurts so bad oh i don't like it oh it's painful but you look at wesley now and i'm like scared of him i mean i'm telling you what But you know what? Anytime you grow, you go through some things. But he's turned into a strong dude. He's a big dude now. And you know what? The thing that causes me conflict is every time I go to the refrigerator and I realize that there's nothing in it because he eats it all. And it's frustrating. And I go, he's growing. And the thing that holds a dysfunctional family together, let me tell you this, is connection. Connection. Listen, it's more than just I like you and you like me and all the things that go along with connection. It is, it's deeper than that. It's a bloodline. The thing that we have in common with our kids is a bloodline. And the thing that we have in common as a church family is a bloodline. It's the bloodline through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And that connection is powerful. His name is Jesus. Every family has conflict and frustration, but the bloodline connection is more powerful than it all. And the thing that holds a dysfunctional family together is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you wonder, why is my family so messed up? Do you sometimes ask yourself, why do I mess up so often? Why do I do the same stupid and sinful things over and over again? Why am I, why am uh, one of, how can I, I'm one of God's own children and I still make mistakes and I struggle. Why is that? The reason why families and Christians have such a hard time getting along with each other when we have the promises and the presence of the Lord being with us is because we forget the thing that holds us together. And we start putting ourselves in front of Jesus Christ. He's he's the reason why we're here. When our family has conflict, we have to say, step back and say, hey, you know what? My family's more important to me than my conflict. Hey, I have some frustration. Hey, let me tell you something. My family's more important to me than my frustration. Hey, and you take a step back and say, I don't understand everything. There's a lot of confusion. Well, listen, my family is more important than my confusion right now because I have a connection and I have love 
And that is powerful. There were all kinds of families who had messed up lives. We have Lot's family. He tried to give his daughters over to a bunch of sexual predators. We, had, we talked about Adam and Eve already. You know their problem. Noah's family served his family from the flood and then got drunk. And Noah got naked and evidently selling around the earth may have been a little bit stressful for that long. The fact is one of his boys, Ham, mocked him in his naked drunk condition and Noah cursed his son. We know the story of Abraham, how God promised he and Sarah a child, and he got a little bit ahead of God, and and he went in to be with his uh, maid, Hagar. Dysfunction. Messed up. Isaac's family, Jacob's family, King Saul, King David's family, Solomon's family. Solomon, the smartest guy in the world, had a palace full of wives. I mean, talk about dysfunctional. Goodness. Yet he was smart. Okay, anyway. Okay. And Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, left their son Jesus behind on a road trip to Jerusalem. They somehow missed the fact that the Son of God was no longer with them on the way home. They turned around and went back with him. They found him in the temple, made him get back in the wagon because he was there doing about, going about his father's business. Let me tell you something. You think your family's dysfunctional? You can go throughout the whole Bible. Every, every family's dysfunctional. Every one of them. <laughs> They're all mess. They're just a mess. How do you keep the fun in your family? Real quick, keep first things first. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. I won't read it, but you can read it later. Keep first things first. You keep God first in your family. That's how you do it. Whether it's your, your physical home with your immediate family, or whether it's your church home, you keep God first. Number two, keep caring in communication. Keep caring in your communication. Be careful how we talk to one another. Don't say critical things. Don't, don't put things into other people's mouth. Be sure that you, you ask Jesus to filter what we say before we say it. And then keep, number three, keep forgiveness fast. Keep forgiveness fast. Hey, somebody hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm just going to let it burn for a while. Forgiveness fast. I can forgive you. Why? Because God forgave me. Keep, keep loving like he loves. Keep loving like he loves. In Christ, we are part of God's grand story of hope, victory. So take hope in Christ. For God will work through your messed up life and through your dysfunctional family to bring about the fulfillment of his glorious promises and purpose. We are followers of God. We will walk in love toward one another. Listen, love, conflict, frustration. What was the other one? All those things that God has in every family, that's total dysfunction. We can't even think of it the same way. We have so dysfunctional. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes this morning.
You may be going through some difficult times in your family. And you may have some struggles going on that nobody else knows about. And we all struggle. Whether you, you experience the love of God, have conflict, confusion, frustration, and connection. All these things are relative, but nobody's perfect at any one thing. I wonder with our head bowed and eyes closed if there's anybody here and say, you know what? Maybe I'm struggling with some areas in my, my family. And I need some help. I need, some, I need God's help in this area. And you say, Pastor Wes, I needed that. Maybe the Holy Spirit's working in your heart and life. And, and you guys are about ready to just give up. You're struggling. But God is there for you. He loves you. You can say, you know what? Pastor Wes, I just need the love of God now more than ever. And I'm not giving up and I'm going to put my faith stronger than ever in the thing, that bloodline of Jesus Christ. Would you slip your hand up and say, pray for me. I wonder if there's anyone here, I see those hands and say, you know what, I don't know Jesus as my Savior, but I want to. Do you know that he is the one who died so that Adam and Eve and all that sin could be washed away. He can do that for you today. You say, I want that everlasting life. I want the love that only God can give. Would you slip your hand and say, pray for me. I need to know Jesus as my Savior. Let's all stand to our feet. Lord, we come before you this morning and we, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, God, that we can come before you today and realize that it's only because of you that we have this everlasting hope. It's only because of you that we can overcome these conflicts and spiritual battles that we face on a daily basis. God loves us. Jesus Christ, we call upon you now to fix our problems. And we ask you now to speak to our hearts in Jesus' name.